Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, my people? The brothers and sisters. We back at it. The kings, the queens, the family. We back at it. Um, so I'm gonna get right to it. Today we're going to discuss the Roe versus Wade case. And we're going to discuss um, a few more, you know, Democratic, because these are all part of the Democratic agenda. This will be the Democratic agenda part two. So today we're going to discuss the Roe versus Wade case. And if you're not familiar, um, the Roe versus Wade case, um, I'm about to explain it to you right now. Roe versus Wade was argued in December 13th, 1971, re-argued in October 11th, 1972, decided on January 22nd, 1973. So it took a year and a couple months for this case to be brought to the forefront and for it to be decided on. Okay. So the Roe versus Wade case was about this lady. Her name is Norma McCorvey. McCorvey. The decision involved with the case of Norma McCorvey, known by the legal name as Jane Roe, who in 1969 became pregnant with her third child. McCorvey wanted to wanted an abortion but lived in Texas where abortion was illegal except when necessary to save the mother's life. Life. Her attorneys Sarah Weddington and Linda Coffey filed a lawsuit on her behalf in the United Federal Court against her local district attorney Henry Wade alleging that Texas abortion laws were unconstitutional. A three-judge panel of the United States District Court of the Northern District of Texas heard the case and ruled in her favor. Texas then appealed directly to the U.S. Supreme Court. In January 1973, the Supreme Court issued a 7-2 decision in McCorvey's favor ruling that due process clause of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution provides a, quote, a quote, right to privacy, end quote. That protects a pregnant woman's right to choose whether to have an abortion. If it's ruled that this is right, is not absolute, and must be balanced against the government's interest, interest in protecting women's health and, pre- and prenatal life. The court resolved this balancing test by tying state regulation of abortion to the three trimesters of pregnancy during the first trimester. Governments could not prohibit abortions at all. During the second trimester, governments could require reasonable health regulations. During the third trimesters, abortions could be prohibited prohibited entirely so long as laws contained exceptions for cases when they were necessary to save the life or health of the mother. The court classified the right to choose to have an abortion as fundamental, which required courts to evaluate challenge abortion laws under the strict scrutiny standard the highest level or judicial review in the united states so in discussing the roe versus wade case essentially um 
they're saying now that this is an invasion of privacy. They're saying now that women should always have the choice to choose whether they want to have an abortion. And, you know, the Supreme Court is trying to take a look at it and they're trying to overturn it. My biggest problem with all of this is this has nothing to do with black people. We have to stay out of these cases that have nothing to do with us. We were not thought of at the forefront of this case. This case was a white woman who had who didn't want to be pregnant with her third child. She had raw sex with a man and didn't want to take care of her child. She got pregnant, which is her fault. See, what we have to realize when we're discussing abortions and we're discussing these type of things when it comes to your so-called pro-choice or pro-life, you have a choice to either use a condom or you're going to get pregnant or even worse, catch an STD, which you're not going to be able to get rid of. We have to stop pacifying these people, ladies and gentlemen. They, These white women are pacified. They're using feminism as a way because as a way to seem like they're important the reason that they're feminists or the reason why the feminism movement started like I've always stated the white women were mad at their men because they had an unhealthy obsession with black men with black people in in, in, in general, but with the black man in particular, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the white man has always put his woman to the back burner. Every situation, even when you look at the Shakespeare times, women could not act in their plays. It was a bunch of men dressing up like women. The white woman has always been put to the back burner. I've discussed this before. Margaret Sanger was influential within the feminism movement. Um, she started Planned Parenthood. She wrote a letter to one of the Johnson and Johnson people. I think one of them was a doctor. She wrote a letter. You can Google this and said, we do not want these Negroes to know that we are trying to eradicate them. Because we weren't going to get an abortion. That's why you have the baby boomer generation. We weren't getting abortions. When you see Planned Parenthood, it's always, no, it's free care for the mother. No, it's not free care. This is for women that have a bad night or a one night stand. And like I said, people have a choice. We have to stop pacifying adults. Life is not just um, clear cut and dry that way. There is consequences to everything that you do as an adult, even somewhat as a child, you have consequences. We have to stop this notion that, okay, we're going to save you from your mistake. No. If you make that mistake, you have to live with the consequences. 
I'm hearing that abortions cause anxiety. I'm hearing that it causes stress. It destroys your uh, your fallopian tubes. It just it does a lot of damage to the inside of these women. They don't care about that because it's a short term solution to that that will cause a long term problem. They don't give a damn about none of this. And I keep telling people, as black people, we have to, and I've said this, we have to have sexual discipline. Everybody keep talking about, no, y'all calling people, y'all ho-shaming people. It's not about ho-shaming. You cannot walk around and just sleep with every motherfucker that walks down the street. We have to stop that. Sexual discipline amongst black people must be practiced. Because these things are not practice. These things are not practice. And things happen with our women. Things are happening with our men. Our women are missing. And and like I discussed the other day, all this stuff is a part of the Democratic agenda. I keep telling my people. Stop and think about the things that you're doing because there are consequences to everything that you do. If you're not ready to have raw sex with people, use a condom, use contraceptive. We continuously always talk about the sexual liberation and the, the, the hoes and the, the sexually whatever, whatever. But we never talk about the consequences behind being sexually liberated, which is STDs, which is pregnancy. And these people do not like to accept or take accountability for their actions. I'm not trying to preach to people. I'm not trying to preach to people, but I'm telling you everything that you do, there is a consequence to everything that you do. Understand that. Know that. We have to think about these things before we do them. Now, when it comes to abortion, they're only pushing it to black people. Jeff Bezos' ex-wife gave $275 million to Planned Parenthood. That could have went to the hood, to a lot of neighborhoods, to a lot of black neighborhoods to build these rec centers up, to fix these parks up to help these children so they don't be stuck in the streets. They have activities. This could have went to the the non-violent people in the hood that's trying to stop the violence. It's a lot of things that money could have did, but they give it to places where they see destruction. They feed into this destruction. That's what white supremacists do. And I know I beat a dead horse, but white supremacy is the cause of all of this. White supremacy was Margaret Singer saying we're trying to eradicate these Negroes. But somehow we gave Hillary a pass for saying Margaret Singer. (coughs) Excuse me. Was her hero. 
And Margaret Singer was a freaking big time white supremacist. But us as people, we do not understand this. <coughs> Excuse me. God damn. <coughs> but as people, we don't understand this. We always worrying about white validation. Oh, no, I got to go get a, uh, an abortion. Like they, they, these women is actually talking about abortion is not important. Yes, it is. It's very important. It's very important to our survival. Like I said, to me, abortion should only be administered if the woman was raped. That's it. Other than that, it should not be administered. Because you made a choice. You made a choice. To have unprotected sex, you made a choice to sleep with that person, and you have to deal with those consequences. And like I said, the Roe versus Wade case has nothing to do with black women, but these black feminists think and believe so that it has something to do with us. Oh, no, it's privacy. We are not human this lady said, we're not human dialysis machines. I said, well, if y'all keep telling women to have these abortions, how was y'all going to get here? No, abortion is an easy way out for a woman that has made a choice to sleep with somebody raw. She made that choice. She got to live with it. You can still have the baby. You can do it. They have a. Uh, um, a sanctuary. The safe haven. Which is a sanctuary where you can just drop your baby off and walk away. They won't say anything. They just had a video about abortion. This lady said I had three of them. Woman said I had three of them. These people in California is talking about, oh. Well, if the baby survives in the 10 days, the woman, you know, in California, if you have a baby and don't take care of it, you're being neglectful towards your child. You don't you won't be criminally charged with negligence. This is bullshit. Like, I don't understand why they pushing this stuff on black women. But y'all letting white women make violent, you know, make. Uh, validate y'all and make decisions about what y'all can and can't do. Like I said, I don't care. You do what you want to do. You have your own choice. But we have to stop pacifying these adults. Man, in Jersey, these motherfuckers were doing abortion at six months. I don't care if it's a fetus. I don't care what it is. That is still a living being with inside of you. I don't give a damn what you're talking about. I don't give a fuck. You have no right to say, oh, 
I had sex. I just want to get rid of the baby because I made a bad decision or I slept with a man that I shouldn't have slept with. Yeah, you made that fucking choice. Unless you were raped. And I understand if you go say, listen, I don't want to. That's cool. That that shit cool. That's a decision. And, and, and I understand it. I still don't agree with it, but I understand it. But for you to just have a bad decision and have a drunken night or a high night and just to say I'm going to have an abortion. Because I can't deal with the consequences. No, it don't work like that. And this is a part of that Democratic agenda that I speak of. This is what they do. They do. Uh, they they have an agenda where they they're pushing certain stuff to only black people. It's all that black girl magic, but black women are still at the bottom of the totem pole along with black men. And I'm gonna tell you something, man. Somebody had a meme out there, and it said, "The cops are to black men what the medical industry is to black women." Women, I meant to say. Sorry about that. We don't understand these things. Like I said, you have a choice. You always have a choice. And see, people think they don't have choices in life. You definitely got a choice in life. You can choose not to sleep with people unprotected. But just to say, oh, well, I I, I didn't want to, um, I don't want to have his baby. He ain't the right man for me. But you, cho- he wasn't the right man when y'all laid down. And then you got these these rich niggas like Young Thug talking this dumb shit saying broke people shouldn't have children. Well, I heard you just making babies. Nigga, you was making babies. You got multiple baby moms and, and I don't know how many children. I'm not trying to put this man on front street, but motherfuckers got to understand when they speak, they got to also remember you can't throw stones living in a glass house. The motherfucker got multiple baby moms, multiple children. They ain't never been to fuck married, but he want to talk about who, sh- who should and shouldn't be having babies. That's that elite, that black elitist shit. You telling motherfuckers, man, nobody listening to you. You have talking, dress wearing motherfuckers. Nobody talking to you. Nobody care about your opinion. You don't matter to nobody. The average fucking person don't know who you is. But it's always some bullshit when it comes to these people, man. It's always something when it comes to these rich people. And again, this black agenda, I'm going to say not black agenda, but this democratic agenda shit. Black people are never at the forefront. It's always things. It's always things that help destroy and massacre our community. They don't ever put things in place to help us. Everything they do is against us. So what I say to my people, again, vote for your interests. Do not vote against your interests. 
we live in times where we vote against our interests and we keep listening to these these Democrats and they keep putting us in precarious situations where we can't get out of because we're we're married to them. So another thing I was saying I wanted to talk about um, the reparations a little bit, and I'll say this in the last couple minutes. But some guy from England who has nothing to do with anything that goes on over here. (coughs) He has nothing to do with what goes on around here. But this pussy want to discuss black people. And I'm sorry for cursing um, so much, but. He wrote an article in the New York Post. About reparations is all about revenge. It's not about a debt. It's not about a debt. It's about revenge. It's about y'all trying to get revenge. And so when he wrote this letter, he's from England. When he wrote this letter, or no, not this letter, I meant to say article. When he wrote this article, What he did was show the ignorance, white privilege, and white supremacy. So I'm going to get into the article a little bit. I got to find it. I'm about to find it now. But I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of these these, these white supremacists. who aren't even here, but they choose to comment and be in black people's business. So, I'm going to get to the article. And um, I'm going to read it to you. Okay, here it goes. Reparations aren't about justice. They're an act of revenge. This article was written by Douglas Murray. It was posted by the New York Post. I'm not going to I'm going to read certain things from it. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll start. Ten years ago, the idea of reparation sat on the political fringes in America. The question of whether or not compensation should be should once have been paid to former slaves has died out. Not least because by the start of 21st century, no one in America had actually suffered from slavery. The country was a century and a half away from a bloody civil war. It had fought over the issue. 
Now, mind you, he's saying all these things. And he's from uh, he's from the UK or wherever he's from, Britain, wherever. But there's a tendency in our own age, which does not allow wounds to mend or heal. Indeed, there is a movement that locates long heal wounds in order to rip them open again and then complain about the hurt caused to themselves. Mind you, he has nothing to do with anything that's going on over here. So he continues in 2014, the writer Tennessee Coates wrote an essay in the Atlantic making the case for reparations. In recent times, few articles have had more impact. The issue of reparations begin to be picked up by the radical left. See, this is what they try to do. So these so-called alt-right dudes or these dudes that lean more to the right, they start calling it the radical left. And this is the thing that they try to do. They try to throw shade at each other. To make it seem like, oh, no, man, they're radical. They're both the fuck radical. But uh, let me continue. The issue of reparations began to be picked up by the radical left and then made its way to the political center. By the time of the Democratic primaries in 2020, all of the party's candidates were willing to talk about the issue. Some, including Kamala Harris. No, she didn't. And Elizabeth Warren expressed support for some form of reparations. Such candidates pointed to the disparity between the average household wealth and white families and black families in America. When you look. When you look and see that the average black medium income is less than $25,000 a year and the average white medium income is is upwards to $105,000 a year come on man it's a very very large disparity but back to his article once the democrats were in power one of the first things they did in congress was apply pressure on president biden to set up a commission to study reparations for black americans both for slavery and for systematic racism a guilty verdict that's already that was already in It's certainly true that there are disparities of wealth between black and white americans but there are disparities between black and white Americans and Asian Americans as well. Here we go. We add another group. We're adding other groups that get government loans that black Americans do not have access to. I keep telling y'all my family had my family had acres in South Carolina and it was taken right from them illegally. So let's continue. In America in the 2020s, Asians significantly outperformed every other racial group in their earnings. They earn more on average than white Americans who turn at earn more than Hispanic Americans who turn at, at um, who earn more than black Americans. Like, yes, it's set up that way because most of these people that come over here are immigrants. We're not talking about. You're talking about Asian Americans that were born here and they're the children of Asian immigrants. 
Like, we have to tell the whole story. They don't just come over here and make it from the bottom. They get special resources allocated to them. But again, all talk of reparations must confront this statistic. If the cause of black economics underperformance in America in the 2020s is systematic racism, why do other groups outperform them? Why do groups who arrive more recently outperform them? And why is systematic racism in America not holding down Asian Americans if it's so pervasive? Number one. Douglas, when you're talking about Asian Americans, you're talking about reparations. Asian, some Asians, the Japanese in particular, received reparations in the tune of... I think it was like each family got $25,000. So when you speaking, you got to understand and know what the fuck you talking about, bro. They're not outperforming us. They're allowed to because they are immigrants. They get free loans. It's not even loans. It's grants. They get free grants to do what the hell they want to do. They can open up businesses and they setting up shop. They outperform us. Yeah, because they're setting up in our neighborhoods. The Indians, the Arabs, the Asians, the Hispanics. They're in our neighborhoods making millions of dollars, bleeding us dry. That's by design. You don't see no damn poppy store or or bodega in a white neighborhood. Malcolm X had a line. He said, another man comes into your neighborhood, sets up shop. He takes his bag of money and he goes to another side of town. You could not then open up a shop in Chinatown. They won't patronize you. They'll look at you like you crazy. They'll run you out of Chinatown. But I digress. Let me get back to the article. In recent years, the claim of systematic racism has become an all encompassing explanation for everything the radical left once done. Democrats don't want to give us reparations. They keep bringing up Native Americans. I'll get to them in a minute. This movement looks at complex problems and presents a simple answer. Racism because of white supremacy. And see, this is what they do. They mention white supremacy as if it's a myth or doesn't exist. This, what we call, ladies and gentlemen, is white privilege. As I researched these problems for my latest book, I did wonder whether anyone claiming to speak about reparations had done any real thinking on it. For instance, today in America, we are no longer talking about a group of people who did a wrong, paying compensation to people whom a wrong was done. We're talking about a group of people who look like a group of people who did a wrong in the past, making a vast wealth transfer to another group of people who look like a group of people to whom wrong was done. Black Americans. And it's not just the unjustness of punishing people for the wrongs done before their time, but the madness that comes from even thinking that such a task is performable. He's in the UK for God, for God's sakes, for crying out loud. 
He's in the UK. He don't know shit. He's doing research on something, and this is what they do. This is what the New York Post, the racist mainstream media does. They get their little crooks and crannies, and they got these motherfuckers out here speaking out against black Americans. That's white supremacy. The transatlantic slave trade, like the far larger Arab slave trade of the same period, was only made possible because black Africans kidnapped and sold their brothers and sisters into slavery. We know this from the historical record and from the memoirs of those of those to whom this was done, like the remarkable 18th century slave Olawada Iquinano. Some people at the time, including Voltaire, noted that only thing worse than the treatment of some Africans by the, some Europeans was the behavior of some Africans to the fellow Africans. Here we go. The black on black crime thing. They're talking about African on African crime. It, it starts with this. He's talking that stuff about getting reparations from Africans. This is where this is leading to. <clears throat> so how do we find out who's responsible for all of this? How do we find out who among the black community in America is descended from American slaves or who's descended from African slavers? What are we to do about people who some of the inheritance and their family, anyone who thinks the voter ID is intrusive will be amazed at how much intrusion would be required to perform this act of mass DNA gathering. That's a lie because you can go on ancestry.com and you can find out your family tree. I've done it. My, uh, my great grandfather for, uh, would he be three times over is either three or four times over was burnt was born in maryland he was a slave until he bought his freedom two years after the, the slaves were so-called free in 1867 bought his freedom they still had slaves after the civil war and he just mentioned it it was so-called um ended you know the slavery but it didn't so my great-grandfather four times over bought his freedom and had acres of land. His name was Shadrach Johnson. On my father's side, like it's easy to find these things out. You can, you can definitely look back on your family tree and I ain't talking about no DNA. This is a family tree. You can see who who's deserves reparations by looking at the 1870 census and the 19, and I think the 1900 census. We have to stop this 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 nonsense. It's a man's didn't know it's not. You just got to check the census out. Boom. Some hope to arrive at the equality by giving non-Western people a fair a fair pass and carrying out acts of vengeance on Western people. Arlington County's attorney Parissa DeHaney Taft recently said that she plans to find ways to reduce the incarceration of Black people. By explicitly taking race into account in prosecutional decision making, the former chief prosecutor has condemned this, saying it makes a mockery of blind justice and corrodes the confidence in the criminal justice system, which indeed it does. A brother just was not—he was found not guilty in 2007, but it took them 15 years to let this brother out.
So, like, stop telling me this is blind justice. This ain't blind justice. We've seen it time in and time again that a lot of brothers are serving time for crimes they didn't commit. Just because they were black, they exonerated these guys that they set on fire years ago. I got to look up. I got to look it up and I'm, I'm going to tell y'all to look it up. They set these dudes on fire because they thought they raped a white woman. And 30, 40, 50, 60 years after their death, oh, we exonerated them. There was no proof that they did it. The lady was lying. She told her friend, whatever. And we have to stop this with the blind justice bullshit. No, it ain't no blind justice. <coughs> so he continues. Others also see this as a route to justice. In 2020, in San Francisco, passed the Karen Act, which made it a hate crime to make a racially motivated, he put this in quotes, 911 call against a black person without reasonable suspicion of a crime. The name comes from the derogatory term Karen, which in recent years has come to mean a white woman with entitled energy. The act makes it a potential crime to call the cops. And the person who is black and makes white people doing so have to wonder whether it will be they, the police take in for questioning. It is also noteworthy in passing that in the current era, racial slurs are actually cool and can be written into law so long as people they demean are white women. Here we go with the with the white privilege and trying to make white women seem like they're a minority. They're not a fucking minority. They're not a minority. Both of these actions in Arlington and San Francisco were explicit departures from the 14th Amendment's guarantee of equal protection of the laws. Both take the form of explicitly unequal treatment on the basis of race. Taking this further would certainly be one form of revenge, if not reparation. But a gender more common form is what is now taking place and sweeping across the culture. I come back to Coates' essay that kicked off this debate a decade ago. Oh, okay, a decade ago. And if you, in his view, there was precedent for American reparations and money paid to Israel after the Holocaust by Germany. But this payment made immediately after the genocide, not two centuries after a barbaric trade. The people who push for reparations in America today claim to be doing so in the name of racial harmony. In fact, it's hard to imagine anything more likely to put a, a bomb under race relations in this country. It becomes just another tool of vengeance in the fervent anti-Western, anti-American spirit of our age. How do you know what's anti-Western and how do you know what's anti-American when you ain't the fuck from over here, bruh? See, this is what I'm talking about. See, this is the problem that we face as black people is they can write articles like these, influence their kind, and then people walk around with these notions, with these white supremacists. And everything that he said in this dumb behind article was white supremacist talking points. I keep telling my people, we have to get on one accord. We have to get reparations. This is a must. Reparations is a debt owed. This does not come out of taxpayers' pockets. This is from the government. 
They owe a debt filled order 15. I keep telling people that just look it up. And I was talking to my dad. He was like, you know what, man? He said, it's good to know our family tree. I said, yeah, it's very good to know our family tree. We need to know who our family is. I need people going Ancestry.com, going these places that, that track your, your family tree. Check out your family, man, and just know what you had. Because the more I learn about my family, the more I know how we was golden, man. And, and white people took all of that away. So, man, I'm about to get out of here. But listen, everybody, I want y'all to do me a favor. Go on Ancestry.com, start tracking down your family, start tracking all these people down, and understand that this reparations thing is not going to stop. And I want my people to understand, and I want my people to know, on the first topic that I talked about, do not, and I repeat, do not worry about this Roe versus Wade case getting reopened. Because even the lady that was involved in it says she made a huge mistake with that. And I've always heard about the Roe versus Wade, but I never, you know, actually researched it. But like I said, man, I'm, I'm about to get out of here, man. I love y'all. Like I said, do, a, do me a favor and research your family tree. Let's get these things done, man, because it's, it's coming. The reparations is coming whether they like it or not. So to all my brothers and sisters, I love y'all. I'm out. Peace.